this morning heard the sound of a nation warring going on What's going on? I looked at the soldiers marching day and night So the view was forming in their eyes Boom shakalaka ladies and gentlemen Ow! It is yours truly, Chris Shul A.K.A. the Esoteric Noetic A.K.A. your chocolate newbie and soul brother A.K.A. the Bitcoin MC up in here Yeah! Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to discuss the latest happenings in the world of Bitcoin. And you know I'm talking about Bitcoin Cash, I'm talking about Bitcoin. You know that, right? Of course you know that. But before we do that, I want to talk about another cryptocurrency that I've become very fascinated, very enthralled with. Uh, you're no doubt familiar with Steemit, the amazing Steemit. I've been on Steemit for about five months now, I think. About five months, and uh, I'm still a massive new to it. Not too familiar with in, with how the entire architecture works, how rewards are structured. But I'll tell you what, it pays. You create articles, and you get paid like a mofo. And uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to transfer your, your earnings into whatever cryptocurrency you want, or into fiat, that dirty fiat. And it just seems like it's destined to overtake social media. I mean, Facebook has dropped in, what, 20% of the last uh, few days or something like that with its uh, its recent changes trying to restrict the content that is not in favor of the status quo, so the leftists and whatnot. And the great thing about Steemit is it's decentralized. No one controls it. Once your article is up there, it's up there. Can't have those dirty governmentalists trying to shut you down, yo. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. We want free speech, both online and offline. We want a decentralized currency. We want we want everything decentralized. We want a movement of decentralization, yo. That's what it's all about. So, of course, I am a Bitcoin Cash maximalist, Bitcoin maximalist. But at the end of the day, I want whatever is going to put freedom into the hands of the individual. If that can be done through Steemit, I'm on board with that. If that can be done with whatever other cryptocurrency, it's all good. Now, of course, I believe in Bitcoin Cash because I understand it a lot better than I do anything else, and I think it, there isn't anything that is done on any other cryptocurrency that essentially cannot be done on Bitcoin Cash. has hundreds of patents that are ex applied exclusively on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. And it is Satoshi Nakamoto's vision. It is the original vision. Now, it's been about a year since the fork took place. That was August the 1st. And Bitcoin Cash was said to be a fraud. It's Roger's, Roger's shit coin. It's, uh, it's supported by Jihan Wu. That horrible person in Fatoshi. But... For those of us that know what's going on, I salute you. I salute you. Welcome to the revolution. The revolution will not be won on the airwaves. The, the revolution will not be televised. The, the revolution will be fought on the streets. <laughs> the revolution will be fought on the interwebs. The revolution will be fought with cryptocurrencies. Will be fought with Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash. Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, first over business, I want to 
talk about some of the things that are going on in the crypto scene. Uh, but if I've not made it abundantly clear, you want to get yourself on Steemit. And, uh, yeah, you want to check out the tribe. I'm I'm part of a, a group called the tribe, which Adam Kakesh is also a member of. He is a brilliant libertarian. And the whole idea of the tribe is people that share the same vision of freedom, of ahimsa, nonviolence to all sentient beings, and uh, are in line with working with planet Earth, not abusing it, realizing that it is, uh, as we are sovereign beings, the Earth is also a sovereign, alive organism in of itself, and we need to work synergistically with it. Anyway, there are all of these um, statutes within the tribe, and the cool thing about it is it's a way of bringing like-minded individuals, and we all support each other to promote ideas of peace, and we get paid like a mofo for it. So uh, you automatically vote, I think, uh, the content that you create, so it's a great way to earn money, and in, it yeah increases the amount of money that you receive from your posts. But the the catch is that you can't just join. You can only be invited by another member of the tribe. Well, I am a member of the tribe, so just putting it out there. If you guys uh, feel as if you resonate with the uh, the statutes of the tribe, check it out. It's at Tribe Steam Up on Steam It. Or you can just follow me, Esoteric Noetic. I think I'm under Chris Shul, actually. It's Chris Shul. K-R-I-S-H-O-O-L. You know what it is. And, uh, yeah, send me some of your content, and I'll check it out. If I feel like it resonates with the the tribe, I may send you a personal invite. But either way, get yourselves on Steemit. And uh, back to Bitcoin, back to the Bitcoin Cash. In regards to Bitcoin Cash, we've had some pretty awesome stuff going on over the last few weeks. Uh, namely, courtesy of Roger Ver, like he's been working in, in Cyprus. He's been making some big moves there. Where a lot of the Cypriots, I think that's what you say, the Cypriots uh, are going to be adopting Bitcoin Cash. It's great to see. And he's also been in the Dominican public promoting the Bitcoin Cash name. So we're going to be seeing some massive adoption going on. Now, Enchain is always up to new technologies. Uh, now, I, I must say, I recently came across something that was a little disconcerting. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but uh, let me check this out. Boom shakalaka. All right, so now this could be some troll, some douchebag that just wants to denigrate Bitcoin. But apparently... Uh, yeah, Craig Rad has been beefing with uh, a Maori, apparently blocked a Maori such that he's the, the creator of Bitcoin Cash. No, Bitcoin Cash was not created by Roger Ver. And <laughs> no, um no, it was uh it was it was created by a Maori uh and uh yeah, apparently look, Craig um Craig often blocks people, understandably. You know, there's a lot of uh a lot of people who tend to be rude in social media, they don't realize that there's another person at the other side of that computer, and yeah, if you're being a douchebag, you should get blocked like one. Now, granted, I don't understand the circumstances to this uh, feud that they had, but this guy, this guy, what's his name, told him, is talking about how apparently there's been some issues with uh, with Craig Ryder Maori, and that we might be expecting another fork with Bitcoin Cash. Now, I wouldn't pay too much credibility to this. Sounds like this guy's a shit stirring, but I know there have been some issues in regards to Craig and Maori, apparently, 
um, allegedly. I don't know for certain. I like to fact check the uh, information that I, I see on the interwebs. But yeah, this guy was insinuating that we might see another split, uh, an alliance formed between N. Shane, Calvin Ayer, and Craig Wright, and uh, versus Amari, Ammon, Peter. They're on the uh, they're on Amari's team in regards to Bitcoin Cash. Hopefully not. I think it's so important to to not allow what happened uh, a year ago to take place to Bitcoin Cash. I think it's important to have common unity, community common unity, to be working towards one goal. Of course, we're individuals and we all have our different goals in mind, but fundamentally, we want to see digital cash, peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash, right? We want a system that is not regulated by that dirty fiat, that is not regulated by the government, that is sound money. We want a system that allows us sovereignty over our property, over our ability to transact. That's what we want. And I think it's important to work together to see that come to fruition. So hopefully we can keep this Bitcoin cash train going strong. But anyway, um, finally, another thing I wanted to mention, blah, 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 courtesy of, oh, now, uh, Mr. Scatman. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Scatman. I've been uh, chatting to him on the, on the Twitter sphere. Very cool dude. And, uh, 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 let's see if I can see what's going on in his world. Now, recently announced that Bitcoin Cash has surpassed BDC's daily transaction record and does so while lowering the average transaction fee. A Bitcoin that scales on chain and is usable now. That's what Bitcoin Cash is all about. So, I mean, a lot of people maintain that if Bitcoin Cash had the same volume of users the Bitcoin core had. This is last year around this time. It would have been experienced the same experiencing the same tra transaction problems. But we know that to be utterly false. We know that's nonsense. And the truth is the Bitcoin Cash can handle uh, a, a massive increase in users and still keep those transaction fees significantly lower. That's what we want to see. Boom shakalaka. So kudos to Bitcoin Cash. And let's, uh, let's keep it going on. Keep it going strong. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, I want to talk about the last podcast I did with Lynn Albrick. Now, uh, if you haven't checked that out, be sure to. I think we covered some really important stuff. I wanted to just discuss the drug war. I think it's something that I haven't really touched on in detail, and I want to give you guys my thoughts, my insights in regards to what's going on. Now. I want people to consider that, first of all, the United States has 5% of the world's population, roughly, but it has 25% of the world's incarceration. That's crazy. And also consider that 80%, roughly 80% of people are in, in, in prisons in the United States. They're in prisons for victimless crimes. If there is no victim, there is no crime. That means they're in jail for stupid infractions of laws where a bunch of people decided to write something in a piece of paper and say you can't do this because we said so <laughs> now I, I realize a lot of people say that laws have their place for a reason and it's not a good idea to disobey them of course we're not talking of practicality here there's a distinction between what is likely to get you in trouble and what is absolutely immoral now I, I want people to consider that a law can be anything I mean, the, the United States government has no respect for the Constitution. 
I mean, the fact that it totally disregards this when it comes to the, the drug war, the fact that it has violated individual rights. The Constitution is supposed to be based off of Lockean property rights. The, the philosophy that formed the Constitution is the philosophy of voluntarism, is the philosophy of self-ownership. But over time, the government, through the democratic process, and, and bearing in mind that you're only supposed to be able to vote about things within the public sphere, you can't vote on things that violate individual rights. Now, I don't know if this is how people interpret the Constitution. I don't know in regards to whether or not that is actually what's within the Constitution, whether or not uh, people can actually violate your individual rights. It somehow weaved its, that idea has weaved its way into the Constitution. But based off of the philosophy of locking property rights, which is what the Constitution is based on, no, you can't vote on things that violate individual rights. But nonetheless, that's what we see. You should only be able to vote on things within the public sphere. So on, on whether or not we should use resources that have been voluntarily contributed to focus on going to the moon or perhaps building houses for charity. Now that's a topic that you can vote on. But we have this situation where the government has decided to allow people to vote on things they have no right to vote on. It's been completely obfuscated. This is the same situation that has happened to Bitcoin in regards to the, the fork. I mean, over time, enough people get on board an idea, obfuscate the uh, original idea, and say that, well, we think that Bitcoin is about this, when in actual fact, it's about that. Same thing has happened to the Constitution now, so much that it no longer represents liberty. It's just a group of people that have no regard for the Constitution, and the Constitution in of itself allows people to override natural laws, individual rights. So it doesn't really have any real, any real substance as far as I'm concerned. The Constitution, or the government for that matter. And the fascinating thing is you have a look at the, the Ross Ulbricht situation and the verdict that was casted was based off of, according to the judge, Ross not having any respect for, well, I quote the judge that presided over Ross saying that she felt that Ross hadn't given up this dangerous philosophy. This dangerous philosophy, which your entire system is based off of, and you decided to obfuscate, and because he is in line with this, you're saying you're going to prosecute him, you're going to put him in jail for two lifetimes, plus 40 years. Because you've decided to deviate from this philosophy that Ross respects. This is the world that we're in. And I realize that people make this argument that, look, you can't just have people using any substances. The kids die. I mean, what about drugs like fentanyl? What about drugs like methamphetamines? People get a hold of this, and it could ruin their lives. Well, they're responsible for their own actions. I mean, this is the, this is the argument people play. It's this logical fallacy of how you have to have a medium. You can't have either extremes. You can't have a situation where people can do anything they want provided they're not violating any individual rights, individual rights, because that's dangerous. Well, look, what's the medium of having, what's the medium of a little rape versus a lot of rape? Just somewhere in between, just a little bit, just somewhere in between those rapes, right? That's still bullshit. How about having no rape whatsoever? How about having no violations whatsoever? That's what you want. Of course, people are so fearful of what might happen that they always compromise what is de definitively 
someone's right. They always compromise on someone's right in order to bring about some potential good. We're all living in this big bubble of potentiality. As soon as you're willing to violate people's rights in order to achieve something, in order to reduce the, 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 the drug violences in the world, when I say drug violences, I mean people taking substances and, therefore, and then doing something that is destructive. I mean, you're, you're playing a very dangerous game. It's this slippery slope argument. And as soon as you can make an argument like that, you can make any argument you want. It's the denial of all morality. Hey, let's, um, let's look up anyone that's uh, over the age of, of uh, that's under the age of uh, 25 because the majority of the world's crimes are committed by people between the ages between the ages of let's say 18 to the 25 so if we locked everyone up put them up in prison cells we would significantly reduce the amount of crimes that eventuate in the world well you can't do that because you're violating someone's rights anyway I, I know I'm digressing here but I just think it's important for people to understand the philosophical arguments that are in play here, because it is this philosophical war, as I mentioned in the podcast with Lynn, the two different philosophies. One philosophy that believes in rights, not violating people's freedoms, and another philosophy that essentially says, I can do what the hell I want. That's essentially what you're saying. And you use all these words like probable cause and, and, uh, and potentiality, and uh, but at the end of the day, when you make utilitarian arguments, when you uh, appeal to the law, the law can say anything it wants. The law can come up with any justification and say that this seems a bit too dangerous, so it's likely, it's, it's a justification for us to make it illegal. This plant, this harmless plant is now illegal because it's likely to have problems. So, I was thinking about this just a while ago. And just the other thing that I wanted to mention in regards to this whole drug war is that it is essentially slavery. We currently have a situation where, have a look at slavery back in the 17th century. That was hardcore clear-cut. I mean, people were being um, taken from Africa. They're obviously violated. It was, more, it was more intense, and people knew that they were slaves. Once you get to the, eight, the end of the 18th century, and people are living in these cozy places. You actually had a lot of slaves that were quite comfortable with their situations, particularly these house slaves. Or they didn't even realize that they were actually slaves. They were actually very comfortable. Recently watched the show called Underground, and you, you could see that. You could see a lot of people that were sympathizing with their, their masses. And uh, it's been done so covertly. People don't actually realize that they're in slavery. And this is the situation I find that we're in now in regards to government. People don't realize that they are in a system of slavery. You have a look in the United States prison system. The fact that people can actually now gamble on on prisons. There's actually an incentive. You, you can now put your, your money in stocks in prison systems and you can now have a vested interest in wanting to have more innocent people in jails. That's a horrible scenario. Anytime you have a situation like that where the society is hell-bent on trying to promote more criminals in, a, in jail, obviously that's going to lead to more injustice and cops violating the rights of individuals just to, to fill up the, the jails. It's not good. But essentially, you have a look at the governmental system, and it's a system where the society has is structured in a way where the government has these laws that violate people's rights. And people don't realize that these violations of, of rights are, are, are an infringement on your own freedom. 
I mean, slavery is such that, granted, people don't feel as if they're owned by the government. If you step out of bounds, if you take a substance, you'll end up in jail. I mean, what's the distinction between a few hundred years ago and a mass is saying, unless, look, you can, you can do what you want, um, but as long as you spend your time working for me, and I take all of your produce. And if you, if you go against this, I will lock you up. It's coercion. It's a form of coercive violence. Essentially, what you're saying is, do everything you want to do within these parameters, and if you step out of line, if you don't work for me between, between 9 to 5 or whatever, and give me all your shit or half of your shit, then I'm going to lock you up. Slavery is a form of coercion. I mean, you have laws that have been instigated by the government. I mean, in, in West Virginia, they had laws where people could be convicted for six months and have to pay a $1,000 fine. If not, not, only, not only just for aiding and abetting a, a, a slave that was trying to uh, get its freedom, but for not, not being willing to hunt these slaves. That's the system that you had back then, and that's the system that we had now. You have, you have laws that restrict people's freedoms. You have to go to work, and we're going to take half of your shit in many situations. And granted, people make the argument that you're using it for, for this and that to help the, the, the society, but it's still theft. And anytime you're violating someone's rights like that, it's still a form of slavery. You're saying, unless, of course, you do as I tell you, I will lock you up. If you take this plant, I'll lock you up. If you do X and Y, the majority of the laws in the United States, they're all laws that are, are, are non-violent. I mean, they're all, they're all stupid laws that don't violate anyone's rights. And they're all ways of taking away your freedom. And then when someone like Ross Ulbrich decides to create a, a website, and this is ridiculous, imagine this. Imagine creating a website or any other, to any other technology you may have had good intentions when you created that thing, but people have started using this technology to do bad, or things that you weren't in line with. And you become aware about this, and you're like, hey, you know what? Well, you know what? Um, granted, I, I only want this website to be used for X and Y. I'm going to do what I can to ensure this. If someone starts using this stuff to do illegal things, well, that's on them. But a bunch of thugs decide to hold you accountable, not the people that are actually doing illegal things, which are not immoral, mind you. People want to trade drugs, that's their own right. But they've decided not to, not just to hold them accountable, but to hold you accountable because you created a website that's facilitating this. That's the kind of insanity that we're in. This whole idea of vicarious liability. You can hold someone accountable, not for their actions directly, but for indirect actions. It leads to logical insanity. Hey, you farted, and that really upset me, and I didn't like that smell, so I've decided to go and kill a thousand people because of that. And now, <laughs> the fact that you started this shit, you farted, makes you accountable. This chain of cause and effect, it is a, it is a horrible way of looking at things. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think I've spoken long enough in regards to the drug war. The bottom line is, I, I want to make this very clear, I'm not saying that I'm in support of drugs in of themselves. I personally do not take caffeine, I do not take any illicit substances, I've never been drunk for crying out loud, I don't drink alcohol. But I find I'm far more passionate about this than any person, any person that is pro-drugs than I know, because I believe in the idea of freedom. It's got nothing to do with whether I think it's a good idea. Sometimes it's important to 
be very much in favor of things that you don't even think are a good idea as far as believing in people's rights to do these things, even though you might be willing to try to dissuade someone from doing these substances because you don't think it's a good idea, but you're not willing to force them to not do these things. Purely because you believe in this whole idea of freedom, this is what it comes down to. And every issue that I argue always comes down to this. People accuse me of secretively wanting to have sex with guys because, hey, I, am, I believe in people's right to do what they want to, even if it involves doing things which I think are gross. <laughs> and we could go down the line, whether it's drugs, and I have my own reasons as to why I don't. I mean, you, you drink liquor, you age quicker. Many of these substances are fraught with very serious consequences, not just physical, but metaphysical. But I still believe in people's right to do th this stuff, and it can be a very consciousness expansive experience, absolutely. But for me to think that I know what's best for people and to say they don't have a right to take these substances and then to put them in jail for three life sentences because I'm trying to make the society better, that's dangerous and that's definitely something that I'm not in line with. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you, I want you to consider this when you were talking about the drug war. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out Steemit. Be sure to drop us a comment and let us know what you think about my thoughts. I am Crucial, the Esoteric Noetic. Uh, be sure to check out my single, which I have coming out. We'll be dropping on the 12th of August. We can do better. Check that out on Spotify, iTunes. You know the drill. Tell your mom. Tell your friends. Tell your girlfriend. Tell everyone about this podcast. Tell them about liberty. Peace out. Keep it real. Don't drive and text. Until next time, this is The Crucial Journey. Ow! Before